Organize Me Radio, Episode 40, Hoarders. I'm Naima Ford-Goldson. Welcome to Organize Me Radio. I'm Naima Ford-Goldson, and today's guest is the lead organizer on the popular show Hoarders on A&E, and she is the owner of Cure the Clutter. Please welcome Carolina Harvey. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for joining. Um, I'm really excited to learn more about you and your journey. So can you tell everyone how you got your start in the organizing industry? So in 2008 is when I started Cure the Clutter. Uh, It took me a year to start my business because I couldn't figure out a name. Uh, So it was a really um, exciting time to start a business and then start a website. The reason I started uh, was because I wanted to I wanted to help. I wanted to help my community. I wanted to figure out a way to serve and I wanted to use my gifts. And I feel like this is definitely one of my gifts. I feel really blessed to be able to do something that I enjoy so much. And I actually, when I started out, I started out working for free. I wanted to understand my clients. I wanted to understand what it is that I really wanted to do. As you grow in this business uh, and learn to develop your skills, you realize there are certain, you pick certain niches. And so I wanted to figure that out. Uh, It took a long time. um, And I feel like I'm doing several different things that I really enjoy. uh, But I got my start in 2008 with the support of my family. Wow. So it's, it's really amazing when, you know, we realize how long it might take for your business to get up and running, like just how much goes into it. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So 2008, you started and then managed to end up on, um, on hoarders. How in the world did that come about? How did you get involved in that show? Yeah. So, I mean, it's such an honor to be a part of a show that is long running and Emmy nominated. And so it's so, uh, it's been such a, like, fast ride and an enjoyable ride. But when they reached out to me, it was back in 2020, right at the like beginning parts of the pandemic. It was like towards the end of the summer uh, of 2020. And our world is completely changed at that point. And so they reached out and they were looking for some support organizers. Um, So the show has the lead um, person uh, that does the cleanup and that leads the cleanup. And then they also have a a doctor, a psychologist, a therapist that works with um, the person that's struggling with hoarding. And so, and the family as well. So those two leads um, have a supporting cast, right? So the support is three organizers that support the expert, the cleanup expert or the lead organizer. And I was asked to be one of those support people. Um, And I, you know, thought to myself, well, why not? You know, it's four days and it's local. It was only about 45 minutes from my home. Um, They usually ask for support organizers that are local to the job. And you go on set each day and then you just go home each day. And so it actually didn't work out because they changed the lead. So the person that was the lead at that time um, was changed and that the person that it was changed to did not any longer um, need support. She brings her own support. 
So because of that, then we were asked to uh, do Virginia, which was not far away. It's about three hours for us. Uh, They said, you're welcome to do that if you'd like to, uh, you know, we'd like to have you. And so we, two out of the three of us decided to go for it. And then they picked a local person as well so that they could have three support, supporting the uh, lead cleanup expert. And so we went uh, to Virginia and, you know, after we went to Virginia, the, the three of us that were support organizers had really good chemistry. Um, and we did really, we just worked really well. They had thought that we had worked together before, that this wasn't our first time, which was crazy because all three of us had met each other for the first time on that wow. episode. Yes. And the gentleman um, that we helped in that episode was named Forrest. Matt Paxton was the lead on that one. And we had such a great time. Uh, we had a lot of fun, obviously. Um, Matt, if, if people know who Matt Paxton is, um, he's quite a personality. He's very, um, he's very fun to be on. Who he is on camera is who he is in person. Uh, so he is exactly the same. He's really, really a great guy, uh, really fun to work with. But then after that episode, um, they asked us to be on more. By the fourth episode, I didn't realize it till later. I was actually interviewing for the lead cleanup expert position. I didn't know it at the time, but I was, yes. So by the fourth episode, so it was, for me, it's by places, right? So our first was in, was in Virginia. Our second one was in New Jersey. Our third one was just outside of Boston, just west of Boston. And our fourth one was Oklahoma. So when I was in Oklahoma, I was again with Matt Paxton and uh, the same support organizers. And that's when I got mic'd. And so, of course, the first time on microphone, that's not something I've ever experienced before. I have done cleanups with people that struggle with hoarding disorder. I have done organizing. I have done those things. But to be on TV was a whole different animal. And so uh, when they mic'd me up, definitely, I was like, kind of throwing up in my mouth. (laughs) I was really nervous. I was, I was super nervous. I kind of took myself to the bathroom and I thought, oh my goodness, this is, it's a little nerve wracking. You know, the first time your microphones, uh, it's really hard, you know, to navigate that, that part of it. Matt was really great. He was very supportive, very encouraging, leading, um, really well so that I could kind of understand what the expectation was. Uh, I, I know how to do my job but do I know how to handle a microphone on me? You know what I mean? So that was, that was kind of the trial. Like, how are you going to do, how are you going to do this? How are you going to handle this? Um, and apparently I did pretty good because I was then later asked to, uh, to lead a cleanup. So I've done 11 episodes to date. Um, only one has not aired. That's exciting. So which seasons have you been a part of? So they have completely filmed season 14. Season 14 is completely filmed, but not released yet. And I have been a part of season 12, season 13, and season 14. So three seasons now. Yeah. Gotcha. It's so funny how you mentioned, you know, you you know how to do your job. You know what you're doing, but then yeah. you're mic'd and there's a camera in front of you and lighting and yeah. all this stuff because <laughs> you never really think about, you know, in that situation, what the organizer has to do. And, and you know, you're working with someone who has who's a hoarder. So that adds a whole nother level to it. Do mm-hmm. you have um, experience working or did you have experience working with hoarders before mm-hmm. um, 
sure. being cast on the show. Yes, I did have experience working with hoarders before. Uh, and I, you know, I, I almost hate that term hoarders, to be honest. I rather say I have worked with people that struggle with hoarding disorder because it is a mental disorder. I think a lot of people take it so emotionally, especially when they watch the show, they say, you know, how is this person living like this? How can't they clean up after themselves? How comes they, they're so lazy? And that is not what I see. Um, I see struggle. I see hardship. I see pain. Um, they're living in their difficulty. They're living in their struggle. Um, and sometimes they don't know how to get out. And I think that's an important component to all of this, that we understand that and see that when you can have that compassion and understanding for someone that's struggling with this, I think you can help them more. I think if you're not compassionate, you're in trouble. (laughs) You know, you have to try to find something in common with them, something that you can relate to with them so that it seems like, or it feels like you can help them. You can guide them. You can love them through this. You know, I really love my clients from the first time I meet them and whether it's here at home, you know, when I work with them or if it's on the show, it doesn't matter for me when I, when I'm now on the show, the first time I was, I, you know, I filmed, I saw the cameras. It was, it was harder, you know, uh, it was definitely hard to try to navigate the cameras and making sure, you know, everybody was happy, right. Making sure the, sh- the show got what it needed. And then I was able to help my client. Cause my priority for me is the client. But now that I do the leading, I really feel like my priority needs to be that client. And I actually don't even pay attention to the cameras. I just do my thing. Uh, and I think they're really great about the show is really great about that, allowing that to happen so that it's genuine and that it's authentic. What is happening? Because a lot of people are like, is this is this stage? It really isn't. You know, so when blow ups happen and people lose their cool or people yell at you or curse at you, those are all real things and real emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that you have to go through that process. The person that's struggling with hoarding disorder has to go through that process to start the healing. You know, we're kind of tearing the situation down a little bit. I don't want to tear the person down, but I'm like kind of breaking down all the walls, all the things that are surrounding them. And then we're trying to get to the nitty gritty of why are we here? Because there's a reason we're here. We're, there's a reason we're here. You know, the show is here. There's a reason they've called for help, you know, whether it's a family member or them, you know, we're here to help them and we need to figure out what we can do to give them a life that they're worthy of. A lot of these folks do not believe they're worthy of a a healthy home, a clean home. It's tough to watch, you know, it's really that it breaks my heart so, so much. Uh, But I think that's why it's so important for me to do this work. You know, I think it's so interesting how you mentioned, um, you basically brought in the human component of it. You know, these are people who have hoarding disorder yeah and I think it's it's interesting to note that there are a lot of people who through you know life changes it might change up their habits completely you know you could have a traumatic brain injury you can have a death in the family you know you can like divorce there are so many different life factors that go into you know how you're able to maintain your home and i feel like a lot of people don't realize that, but those are things that can happen and it can just really change up how you operate. Yeah. Um, what sure. percentage of your clients um, do you feel that you work with have a hoarding disorder? 
So I, you know, honestly, I take it in that respect week to week. I've never sat down and said, I have, you know, 20% hoarding clients. You know, I think it, it, I think my answer to that would be, it's more common than you realize, but it's not as common as you think. So I feel like the, the hoarding disorder is something that, you know, we see it on TV and, you know, it's, it's big, it's hard, but there are levels of hoarding. You know, um, some people have hoarding disorder, but they don't have a bathroom that is completely covered and destroyed or a laundry room that they don't have access to, you know, so there are levels of hoarding disorder as well. Um, and so I, I would say from week to week, you know, I take it one client at a time, one person at a time, I'm present for each client. Um, I, you know, I don't think about in that respect, I don't think about numbers. I think about the person, you know, I think they mean so much to me because uh, I wouldn't be in business if it wasn't for the people that I serve. So I don't have a whole lot of experience with hoarding. Sure. Um, I am a member of the Institute for Challenge and Disorganization. Mm -hmm. And so I have a certificate of study in chronic disorganization yeah. um, and ADHD. Uh, yes. But I've probably had um, throughout my career and I started my business in um, 2012, 2013. Okay. Nice. And um, I maybe have come across maybe two clients. And I would say um, what seemed extreme to me was mm -hmm. how um, the client has so many clothes. So there were clothes everywhere. There were clothes in the tub, you know, like stored in the yeah. tub and then yeah. had cats everywhere yeah. and things like that. And okay. one thing I noticed is that the client did not reach out to me. Their family members reached out to me. Yeah. So yeah. I notice, you know, I have a lot of clients that I meet with who maybe their how their home is disorganized and they say, I'm a hoarder. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> right. You know, it's normal to have a certain right. level of disorganization in your home. Mm -hmm. But if you're calling me and you are aware of what your home <laughs> looks like, I think it's hard to say that you have a hoarding disorder yeah. you know yeah. so yeah. it's just it's For just sure. interesting <laughs> it is. um what sure. have you been i mean if you're dealing with people with hoarding disorder i imagine you go into a lot of extreme situations i do Can you give us an example of one of them so i you know hmm, i'm trying to think there's so many to pull from uh you know i think there there are hoarding disorders that you you i feel like i go with hope into each one. I'm super hopeful, really excited, ready to support and encourage the family as well as the person that's struggling with hoarding disorder. But I think the ones that are most memorable are the ones that there was not success. And it's, it makes me sad because I feel like I'm still, I still have hope, but a lot of the family loses hope. And so does the person that's struggling with hoarding disorder. And so I remember one particular one where the um, person that was struggling with hoarding disorder was feeding possums. Like that's oh not goodness. healthy, that's you know, dangerous. that's, it yeah. is, it's not, it's not healthy. And, you know, you can tell until you're blue in the face, this is not healthy. This is not good for you. You could get sick. You could die, you know, from being a, a, around things that you shouldn't be around, right. Feeding uh, animals that aren't like home trained animals. Uh, and so, but they, they don't always hear you. They don't understand. And I, so I feel like those are the ones that kind of stay with you, uh, that, you know, you just, you feel like 
you did everything that you could, but there was not success. And the family is heartbroken. And, you know, to comfort the family, it's, it's hard. It's such a hard and heavy situation. Um, I think, you know, the most important thing I can do in those situations and I just listen. Sometimes they reach out to me then later and, you know, still tell me about the frustrations they're dealing with. And I try to help them, you know, say, all right, let's have this conversation with your family member. Let's, you know, let's talk, let's handle it this way because deal working in absolutes. In other words, saying you can never see your grandchildren again, if you don't clean this mess up, that, that does not work. That actually pins them into a wall and doesn't allow them to, you know, want to be different and change. Um, and change is hard for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, who you are, or how old you are, change is hard. And so someone that has been struggling with hoarding disorder, two decades, three decades, even one decade, you know, this is what they know. And so getting them to completely shift um, and change what they've been doing for years is really difficult. And so I think that that was probably one of one of the most heartbreaking ones is just knowing that, you know, the family just felt like they lost hope, you know. Yeah, that is so I, I can't even imagine, you know, what that must feel like. Um, I always tell people my my biggest client is my mom. However, <laughs> my mom isn't nearly as extreme yeah. as you know, a lot of people that I've seen on the show hoarders, sure. um, she shops too much, you know, every <laughs> time I visit her, she lives in Nebraska, I live in Atlanta. So every time I go to visit her, I'm getting rid of stuff, you know, but she's lucky she has me because I'm her personal organizer. So I just go and I just start like organizing her house. I just awesome. automatically go in and just, and just start, you know, what is your organizing method um, when you are dealing with someone with a hoarding disorder? How do you start? How do you get them in the process? Does it take a lot of persuasion? How does that work? Usually when I go to a home with someone that's struggling with hoarding disorder, I'm there because I'm welcome there. So I actually, you know, when I do it through Cure the Clutter at home, you know, I actually talk to the family and the homeowner first, the person that's struggling with hoarding disorder, I make sure they actually have counseling set up before I even get started. Because I feel like when I go into a situation, if they don't have those support systems worked out, it's going to fail. 100%, every single time, it's going to fail. And I refuse to uh, waste people's money. People work hard for their money. There is no way I'm walking into a situation like that and saying, you know, well, yeah, let's help. Let's, let's put a bandaid on this. That is not happening. And I, I can't, I can't do that. Um, I can't do that to a family. So the first thing actually I do is I make sure I communicate with everybody and make sure that I'm welcome there. So because I'm welcome there, I think they're more receptive. There might not, they might not be as receptive as family wants them to be. <laughs> You know what I mean? Family really wants them to dive in and start getting rid of stuff. Uh, yeah. And some people are ready for that. They're at a place where they lost another loved one to, um, you know, their uh, to hoarding. Like they, their home, they died in 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 their home that was completely hoarded. You know, and that turns that makes them feel like, you know what, there's an urgency to this that could happen to me too. You know? So I think the first, um, the first thing I do is make sure they have support systems set up. So therapy, psychologists, um, you know, set up in place that they've actually been going to see uh, at least two times, three times, ideally a month. Now that therapist is giving them tools. 
so that when they walk into a situation where they're working with me, they can start using some of those tools. And that, that, especially if that therapist understands what hoarding disorder is, right? The hoarding behavior, uh, they can give them great tools. So that's the first step. And then obviously a supportive family. Um, I actually encourage the family. Sometimes they want to get in and start, you know, getting rid of stuff and, you know, that they want the, the session to go fast. And that is not, I, I, I tell them it's going to look worse before it gets better. You got to be patient. Once we get on a roll and then we get some, you know, positive uh, change happening, then I think you can jump in and help. But I think, you know, the family members want it to happen so quickly. And if we rush it, if we rush the process, they're going to regress. They're going to take one step up and five steps back. And that does not, it does not work in this, in, in this situation. Uh, so therapy, setting up therapy first, and then making sure family is supportive. And also uh, me building a relationship and a rapport with that client. I think uh, when I can build that trust, um, and I should say, when I can develop that trust with the client, I think that changes everything. They know that I'm not in there to dump all their stuff and back up a dumpster to their home. Uh, I think that means a lot to them. And validating uh, some of their feelings about certain things, right? So they, you know, they're excited to show me and tell me stories. And I think that's an important part of it. Uh, you know, family wants to rush through it so hard. And I, I get it. Like, I'm not mad at them. I totally understand that because they've been living this situation. I'm coming in much later, you know, they've been living in this situation or dealing with that family member um, or maybe almost feeling like they lost them because they couldn't, they, you know, they didn't hear from them. They didn't answer the door. They didn't answer their phone. And they thought they were, you know, they passed away in their home. Uh, so it's really hard for them. So trying to find, you know, a proper balance in all of it, but therapy first, supportive family. And then number three is building, um, a trust and relationship with that client. So what is your biggest challenge while working with clients who have the hoarding disorder? You know, I think my first instinct is to say their family, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> you know, I like, I love their family, but usually family is rough. They push so hard they want, they want it so much for this person. They want the change so much for this person, but they got to let them get there on their own. You know, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't understand necessarily what they're going through, but I do appreciate the hurt that they're feeling, right? They're hurting too. This family that wants this for their family member that's struggling with hoarding disorder just really wants this for them. And I get it. Like, I'm not mad at them, but I would say that the, the struggle, probably the biggest struggle is family, family. There's the supporting family of the, the person struggling with hoarding disorder. Yeah. I think it's good that you mentioned that because um, and I think this is also a good reason to say that, you know, if, if you're having an issue with something, work with a professional, because we as professionals, you know, we have the patience to deal with it. You know, we have, you know, we have patience. We, we have know-how, you know, this is our thing. We, we've had clients that may have similar challenges, you know, and, and I agree with you that, you know, with family, they might just say, oh, just throw everything away. Oh, just throw everything away. Oh, why do you have 10 can openers? Just throw them all away, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, you need to go, we need to go through these individually and they need to decide what they want to get rid of. And I always try to tell my husband that as well, because mm -hmm. number one, he's not the most organized person. Our home <laughs> is organized because of me, you know, because I'm always going behind him and doing things, right? 
But there are times where he's like, you know, he'll move my things around. And I'm like, Eric, don't touch people's things. Don't throw people's things away. You need to ask people first, you know, because yes. there are times when he's like, oh, just, just make sure they throw everything away. I'm like, that is not how it works. You clearly don't understand what I do, you know? So, um, but yeah, I feel like family does play like a huge role where mm-hmm. they just lack awareness and they just don't understand yes. you know yes. what it is that that Absolutely. you know what we do to Absolutely. get there to yeah. get those people there yeah. Yeah. so with that Naima why why do we marry disorganized men why why <laughs> why what's wrong with us no I I my husband is also also disorganized yeah. it's okay he actually Actually, he actually like laughs because he's like, I was your first client. And I'm like, it's true. He really was. He was my first client <laughs> way before I started my business because him and I have been married 22 years. But it's okay. uh, it's so true. He's, he was my first client. So I can relate okay. to what you're saying. Yes. That's funny. So your first client was your husband. My first client was my mother. <laughs> so gotcha. the people that are closest to us that are our first clients. <laughs> so <right>? funny. <laughs> so funny. Such a trip. Yeah. So, um, how easy is it for your clients to maintain the level of organization that, uh, and the systems that you've set up? Yeah. So, you know, uh, the word easy is tough because I think sometimes if we've done it well, so sometimes I'll go into a home. If we're talking about organizing in general, right? I go, I'll go into a home and they will have cleaned up before I got there. And I'm, always so frustrated by that because yeah. I, I was actually just talking to a brand new uh, client I scheduled yesterday and I said, please don't clean up before I come because I feel like if they don't clean up before I come and I can see what they're doing and what's going on, what pathways they're taking, how they're entering their home, how they're exiting their home, why certain things are happening, I feel like they can have an uh, easier time keeping the space the way we talked about it and addressed it, putting in those systems into place because I understand their flow. I understand how they're functioning in their home. So if they clean up before I come, it's tough. (laughs) But if they don't, um, I think, you know, we were able to set up good systems for them to be able to function better in that space, right? I work to cater to the client, not to me, or to someone else, or you know, uh, you know, some some particular container or bin that doesn't matter to me. To me, what matters is how that family functions in their space, and then trying to work with that function, but then tweaking areas that they struggle with. So, if papers land on the kitchen counter, why is the kitchen counter right next to the garage, and that's why they drop it there? Makes sense, totally. All right, so why don't we give them a space? before they hit the kitchen counter where they can drop the papers at, right? So right inside the door, you know, so that the kitchen counter can constantly stay clean. So working with the client in what they already do um, is really, I think, key to organizing their space as well for, for me anyway. Okay. So Carolina, can you tell me what is your greatest achievement as a professional organizer? Oh man. You know, I think I think there is two things. I think the two things that I would say, I feel like, you know, I have found success is when someone, someone's life is completely changed. They come, they choose different. And whether it's someone that's struggling with hoarding disorder or someone that's chronically disorganized or someone that, 
is a mom that is just wanting to have a better home because she's so busy, you know, having better systems in place. I think when they, when that switch flips and they're able to change, I think that I'm excited about, uh, you know, when you see it, sometimes you're in the middle of it and you see the flip happen and it's amazing. I think that's extraordinary. And then I would say the other thing is building relationships. You know, I'm a people person. Uh, so I think, you know, building relationships with people, uh, long-term relationships, some, you know, it's not very often, but some of my clients do become my friends. Uh, you know, we still keep it professional, uh, but I love to build relationships with people. I think people's stories people's lives are really important. And I think when people recognize that you want um, them to have a better life and share their story, I think it's, it's everything. That's, that's, that means so much to me. I love that. So, okay. One of my favorite things to ask besides that question that I just asked you, I love that question is what are your favorite organizing products? Oh, <laughs> I, I have a few. So last year, I, I want to preface this, the, this with last year I had my first, so I've been on 11 episodes of Hoarders, but I have led two. So the last two were the ones that I led. Uh, so number nine and number 10, 11 hasn't rolled out yet, but uh, the the ninth one uh, came out last November and I had a red carpet party. It was so much fun. We had such a great time, but during that party, I gave away three of my favorite things, three. Mm. And so my number one organizing tool is a grid it. I don't know if you've ever seen what a grid it is, but it's made by Cocoon. And it's like uh, like this um, rectangular, um, I don't know, this rectangular board, right? With a bunch of um, springy or tensioned uh, bands all across it going all different ways. Like it looks like a grid, right? I mean, it's all, it's all angular. None of it is round or circle or anything, but everything's angular. And you, sometimes you have big, you know, big, uh, big spaces to fit like a, you know, a phone or smaller spaces to fit like earbuds or that kind of thing. So it's called a gridded from cocoon. They have many different sizes. It's really, um, one of my, it actually is the favorite, my favorite tool. And then the other, one of the other things I gave away, and I feel like, I don't know why this is such a funny, for me, it's funny is, um, uh, a kitchen spatula. <laughs> I love a kitchen. And here's the reason why here. I know you're going to laugh at me. I know. I know. It's funny. So the, the kitchen spatula, the scraper one, because it cleans a bowl completely. It does. Right. Yeah. There's no, it doesn't leave anything. I feel like yeah. you can put the bowl back in the cabinet. I don't do that, but <laughs> I feel like you can, you, cause you can scrape it and clean it. I don't know. I just something beautiful about being I love a good to- scraper too. I love, I love those too. So I get it. I get yes. it. <laughs> so anyway, those are my favorites. <laughs> oh my goodness, Carolina. It was so much fun talking to you and learning great. about uh, hoarders, um, the show that you're on. Can you tell our viewers how they can find out more information about you? Sure. So you can find me on my website, curetheclutter.net. And it's, uh, then it's right behind me. You can see cure the clutter it's cure the clutter.net. And you can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, um, on all those platforms. Uh, I do share some reels on, uh, Instagram, which is a lot of fun. Uh, but I also write a blog, um, that's on my website. So you can also catch that there. 
Awesome, Carolina. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, this has just been so fun and been fun. I can't wait to watch you on the newest season of Hoarders. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited. I can't wait till it comes out. I don't know when it's coming out. I know people have asked me. I have no idea when it's coming out, uh, but I will um, I will say it's a great episode. Um, it was filmed on the West Coast. Um, and so it was a beautiful, uh, beautiful area um, that we filmed in too. But I think all eight episodes will be great. That is what they filmed is eight episodes for season 14. So stay tuned for when they're coming out. I will share it on um, social media and, you know, uh, all my platforms uh, so that when people, you know, when it's coming out, people know. And A&E shares it as well. The network that the Hoarders TV show is on is A&E. So, well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I've had a really great time. Thank you so much for joining us and be sure to tune in next time for an all new episode.